Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into this week's episode of the Dublin to Denver podcast. I am Colm Cronin and I am joined as ever by my colleague Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you feeling this week? We've been looking for different terms. Pleasantly surprised. Does that encapsulate what, what you're feeling? Yeah, it's stunned, I think, Colm. Stunned, but but in a in a, in a good way. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of us really expected that last night, which... Though, funnily enough, Colm, that's kind of always when one of those shocks arrive, you know, I think it, uh, and it makes it all the sweeter because, you know, bar the, the real diehards in Broncos country, I, I don't, I, nobody I spoke to over the last few days, none of the predictions that you would have seen online, nobody had us, um, you know, losing that game by anything less than seven points from what I could see. Um, I probably would have been the same. I thought, you know, I, I, like as we spoke about Colin, I think I thought the defense did very well against the Chiefs a couple of games ago, but I did think that was more to the Chiefs misfiring. The Chiefs seemed to get their act together offensively against uh, the Chargers, so I, I I thought that they would carry that into um, last night's game. But and I know Colin, you're going to enjoy this one. Um, I think we may have to hold our hands up and say, you know, well done, Vance Joseph for a, a, a very effective game plan, particularly in the red zone. Um, to do it once, you could put it down as a fluke, but to flummox Mahomes and the Chiefs twice in the space of three games, Colin, I think we uh, we owe the big guy an apology. I think you owe the big guy in particular an apology. <laughs> yeah, I will say uh, Denver defense, very impressive yesterday, uh, for sure. And um, kudos to them. I think the pass rush caused Mahomes all sorts of issues throughout uh, the day. Um, I, I, you know, I do think there's something, it came out before the game. This was not something that came out afterwards. Mahomes obviously was suffering with the flu. He didn't look himself like the, the cut to the sideline. You could see he was confused. And um, we, when Mahomes, I suppose, is is uh, like everything went wrong for them, which is great. All right, and we we needed that given where we are in the rebuilding, and I think it's fantastic. And I think Andy Reid, this is the issue sometimes with Andy is he called the game as if Mahomes was playing like twenty eighteen Mahomes, and he clearly wasn't. And then that put them into this situation where they ended up in like third and four, um, or third and five or even turn three but it meant that like you know that you know Pat, Patrick Mahomes an ill Patrick Mahomes then was vulnerable to our pass rushers and I do think what's interesting Stuart to, to me 
And we'll give Vance his, his laurels on this one. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. But very interesting to me that the defense uh, seems to have come on significantly as we have moved on from Frank Clark, from Randy Gregory, and from Kareem Jackson. Uh, getting Justin Simmons back was huge. Uh, but I think having the younger guys, and like I know people will point to it, but like, look, Kareem came out during the week and somebody said like, about like the you know you, you'll end up playing for nothing um and he was like don't care i've made my money anyway and like is that the attitude that he's been playing with for how many years now is that the like that he this is just kind of a gimme like he's going out to make plays for himself rather than for the team was that what we were seeing with with frank clark and with randy gregory also whereas now there is a nucleus of young players who are playing for each other uh, PJ Locke had a you know, great moments yesterday. Uh, Justin Simmons, once again, he seems to be uh, kryptonite for from Patrick Mahomes in terms of the ability to pick him off. But it is huge, the, the win itself. Now, what it means long term, we'll have to wait and see. But Patrick Mahomes had never lost an, uh, an AFC West game on the road. He has been in the league for 70 months and he'd never lost on the road. He'd also never lost to a team who were two games or more below 500. So, I, there, you know, that was really interesting that we were able to, to get that done yesterday. And I do think the defense deserve the, you know, the majority of the, the credit. Because ultimately, they were the ones who held the Chiefs to nine points. Like the Kansas City Chiefs... Who, to hold them below double digits, I think, is mightily impressive. What stood out to you from the game, Stuart? I think you hit the nail on the head, Colm. I think, you know, there, there, there has to come a point where, if, and, and let's not forget that it was only a couple of weeks ago that the Dolphins put 70 on the Broncos and took their foot off the pedal in the fourth quarter. That could probably have been 100 if they were bothered. Um I, I think, I don't know if it was by luck or by design, but Vance Joseph and the defense have gone uh, useful. I think there is no excuse for Kareem Jackson to reclaim his starting spot when he comes back from suspension over PJ Locke, Colin, unless PJ Locke um, completely and utterly falls apart in the game against Buffalo. Um, there's just no reason. There's just no reason. PJ Locke is a better player now. That's, that's where we stand. And it would only be sentiment. It would only be because he was, you know, bizarrely made a captain after having been released yet again by the Broncos this offseason. Um, sentiment shouldn't come into it. Locke is the person who has got position, uh, who's got who's got the position, uh, you know, in, in his hands at the moment, and it should stay that way. I think Browning, I think Nick Benito, and I think Cooper um, clearly are upgrades on Randy Gregory and Frank, Frank Clark. Um, and they do seem to be playing with passion. They do seem to be playing with enthusiasm and energy. Um, sometimes with younger players, that isn't sustainable, Colin. I, you know, w we may not see the same kind of impact week in, week out, but I do think there comes a point where you more, you, you might as well go with them. Um, and I think that was a credit to, um, I presume George Payton, who would have made the decision uh, in conjunction with Sean Payton, um, to release the older players and to move on. Now, Kareem Jackson hasn't been released, but, you know, as I said, I think it's time for Locke. I was hoping we both were, I think, for one of the younger safeties to put their hands up and go, this position is mine now. And, and Locke has done that. Um, I thought, Colin, um, 
one of the things that stood out to me was we seem to have learned from mistakes that we've made in the past in regards to the the playing the Chiefs offense and, and I think in in a peculiar kind of way the Broncos offense helped our defense handle the Chiefs last night by having an incredible time of possession stat um, in comparison to what we would normally have done. We did this primarily by running the ball. I think we, we said last week, Colm, on the show that one of the few parts of the team that was clicking was the running back room. Um, that continued to show last night. That was the closest we've seen to Javante Williams being back to his bruising best. Um, you know, I, I, this is not the time to talk about whether or not Russell Wilson as a glorified game manager is what you want from your quarterback. He did all that was asked of him last night. He wasn't really asked to do very much. What he did was fine. I think he had what his yardage in the air was was pretty small. Um, but you know, he got a couple of decent touchdown passes. I thought the second touchdown pass, um, when he he kind of escaped, uh, I thought that was the thing in beauty to Corlin Sutton. Um, that was that was sort of. You know, vintage Russ. There are flashes, Colin. We see it. Then there are moments where you know he, he he's the Russell Wilson we've seen. But you know, let's not take away from what the offense was to do. I thought the offensive line column in the run game was really strong. You know, we were able to get runners you know into their you know two or three four yards down before the, even the first kind of significant piece of contact. I mean, I know they did get to Russell Wilson, and you know their pass rushes got to us. But I thought really the ball was really effective. And I thought, as you said, Colin, our defense and our pass rushes finally were able to get to Mahomes. There has been times, Colin, either through Mahomes' scrambling ability, which is, you know, I think is a little underrated, um, or the, the the offensive line play, the Chiefs, where we haven't been able to lay a glove on Mahomes. Colin. There have been games where he could have literally put on slippers, got made himself a cup of coffee and sat back there all the time that he had. He did not have that time last night. Perhaps it was exacerbated by the flu, as you said. He didn't look himself. Um, but, you know, that's too bad. And I think the other thing, Colin, for me that stood out, finally, in a game against the Chiefs, finally, we got some breaks. Um, we haven't, I don't think, in the past. I think we got some calls previously that may have gone against us, like the the fourth down heave that uh, we intercepted in the fourth quarter. Um there was a clear holding call by the Broncos cornerback on the Chiefs receiver, um, but it wasn't called. Little things like that, you know, previously that would have gone against us um, and that would have kept that drive alive. I think, Colin, for me, a, a, a huge turning point in the fourth quarter, and the score was still 14-9 when this happened, was the muffed punt. Um, we're not really used to seeing the Chiefs make mistakes like that. That You fair catch that, you know, 999 times out of a thousand I'm, I'm sure that guy is going to be in the doghouse now for the next couple of weeks from the special teams coordinator and um, but that was a massive turning point because that gave us tremendous field position which we punched in suddenly the game went from 14-9 with the Chiefs having a drive to take you know would have been a long field a long drive but it, you know maybe that was the point where the offense would have clicked and um, no suddenly we had the ball just outside their 10-yard line and we punched it in and then you know you kind of knew it was game over at that stage. So little moments went for us, Colin. Um, but we we finally looked like we have developed a game plan to beat the Chiefs, which is to run the ball to keep their offense off the field. And when you get an opportunity, ruffle Mahomes' feathers as often as you can. In order to do that, you need a pass rush to get there. And and the lads did get there last night. And I think those young pass rushes deserve a huge amount of credit. 
Yeah, just quickly, I suppose, following up that on Ross, that I, like it was very interesting if you have seen, I don't know, Stuart, maybe you haven't, the, the next-gen stats image of where he threw the ball. Russ did not throw the ball uh, to the right-hand side of the field beyond the line of scrimmage once yesterday. Not once, which I find interesting. It's all to the left-hand side Um or in the centre of the field. Now, there weren't many in the, the centre of the field. Certainly, uh, there was the, the long one to Judy, but uh, that was all that um, was, was happening. Um, the er, Everything else was the left-hand side of the, the field. And the obviously, the, a couple of great, like that, the one you said, as he, the escape to get to Cortland Sutton, but also in terms of just, we did see the escape, but the, we, we need to see more. Uh, from Russ to justify the, the contract. But I think given where we are, given how he's playing, um, probably leaning into the run game is exactly what we need to to do at the, the moment. Uh, he had uh, half the, the number of passing attempts of Patrick Mahomes uh, yesterday, uh, but he obviously didn't have the, the turnovers, which is very, very, very pleasing. Stuart, we we sit here as we record today on you know the cusp of the trade deadline and the Broncos now going into a bye, um, with some interesting games I suppose in the the back end. We will take on the the Bills uh, the next time they, they take the the field on the road, uh, and then we've a couple of home games against the Vikings who. You got a feel for Kirk Cousins, uh, just awful, awful a guy playing so well, probably playing the best football of his career. Um, but it means that the Vikings will be with their backup. Um, the 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 Browns then welcome in. Obviously, they have been very impressive de- defensively, but offensively, um, PJ Walker is isn't isn't a good QB. But I see in from Peter King's uh, column this morning, in terms of QBs who have had more than 200 passing attempts since the beginning of 2022, there are 41 QBs who fall into that with more than 200 passing attempts. Sean Watson ranks 38th. Um, so while we might, you know, have our many quibbles with Russell's contract, nothing will match the albatross that is uh, Deshaun Watson's contract. And then uh, the the Texans who lost to the, the Panthers yesterday, but who have looked decent at, at times. Uh, we've got two games against the, the Chargers, and we've got the Lions, uh, Patriots, and Raiders mixed in there. What what do you want to see from, as we headed to the bye, from the, the second half of the, the season and... Do you, would you be willing to, is there any pieces that you would move on at, at this point? Uh, or, or do you just think, keep it together, run it to the end of the season and, and let's make decisions then? It's a tricky one, Colin, isn't it? I think it's, you know, in some ways, the victory last night complicates things. Um, you know, but having said that, having watched the struggle, for so many games against the Chiefs, it was still magnificent. So, you know, uh, whatever you think about the draft and whatever you think about, you know, Drake May or Caleb Williams, one of those kind of elite young QBs next year, when you have an opportunity to beat the Chiefs, you, you know, absolutely, you, you're you're going to go for that. Um, so, it, you know, I, I, I kind of think it's muddy the waters a little bit, Carl, man. It's one of those ones where I, I, I genuinely don't know where they go now. I think, 
I think it was fairly clear that if they had lost to the or to the Chiefs last night, I think we probably would have shipped a couple of players. Whereas now, and also, uh, you know, Colm, as you pointed out, I do think, uh, in a strange way, the Kirk Cousins injury may change things slightly in regards to tearing it all up because um, I think we, you know, I still think the Bills would beat us. I think the Bills are a better team, although their defense has lost so many key players. They they ship points that they really shouldn't be shipping and they're hard to kind of dig deep to win games that they really should be winning at a counter. Um, but then, you know, the way Kirk Cousins was playing and there is talent on that Vikings team, you know, I, I, I probably would have picked the Vikings to beat us even though it was in mile high. Now you, you'd expect us to beat the Vikings. And then the Browns, as you say, the defense are outstanding. They've got some incredible talent. The Browns' offense has not been good. Um, you know, so suddenly you go from, say we lose to the Bills, then you're, what, you're three and six. But then you win those next two games, then you're five and six, and then you've got a game against the Texans coming up. So, you know, I mean, one game does not suddenly turn the Broncos into playoff contenders again. But... I don't envy the, the, the powers of the um over the next few days because I do think this is a genuinely tricky position they find themselves in. I, I, I think now, Colin, what might happen is I think teams may have to, to give up more than perhaps they might have done on Saturday than, than they, they would for after beating the Chiefs and that they'll have to give up now. So, you know, the price may go up because maybe the Broncos may want to see if they can make some kind of a run. Like, I do think, Colm, about, you know, it's been so long since there's been a winning season. I think that, regardless of whether or not the playoffs come with that, and, you know, you might find yourself in a position for a wild card. Um, you know, so I think that could factor into it. You know, dude, you know, we there needs to be a cultural reset. Um, and if you trade Cortland Sutton, if you trade Justin Simmons, if you trade uh, Bowles, you know, then suddenly you, you you've taken out three key players in important positions, um, and you're effectively raising the flag on the season. So, I don't know. I I, I certainly think if you'd asked me this question last week, Colin, and, and if you said, "Yeah, we're going to lose to the Chiefs," all I would have said, "Yeah, the whole thing's going to get torn up." Now I don't know, um, and I'll be I'll be what it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be fascinating. It's you know, and something to keep us busy <laughs> during the bye week, which is. You know, I think we 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 we'll we've got you know we we've got things, but it's a I think it's a nice position to be in. You know, I think and I, and it's and it's again like the Broncos' victory last night. It's an unexpected position to be in, so I'm kind of okay with whatever happens. Called, um, I I I still don't think we're gonna. I still don't see enough wins on the schedule for us to have a winning season, but I can see one or two more that perhaps we may have predicted. Um, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd still expect us to trade one or two because we've only got six picks in next season and we don't have a second round pick. Um but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to watch the next couple of days. Yeah, um certainly. And I think this season, as we now sit here in just before Halloween when we're recording this, um, there are no um, no longer any winless teams and no unbeaten teams. Uh, so certainly parity, uh, you know, you're, is is being restored. Um, Stuart, one one final thing uh, just to, to highlight uh, that maybe listeners didn't pick up. One thing that jumped out to me as I was listening uh, to some podcast this morning that were talking about the the league. Uh, the Giants and the, the Jets, uh, I think, put on uh, an even worse uh, game of football than us and the Colts last year. But something that jumped out was 
the Giants' passing performance um, was at, was was worse. Now, remember, I go they didn't have Daniel Jones, but they still had players who are supposed to be QBs. They were worse than Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton threw uh, for more yards than the two Giants QBs combined for yesterday. I think that is quite something when you uh you look at that uh Trad Tra- Taylor and <laughs> Tommy DeVito um who uh, I think it was JP J. Acosta pointed out might be the most aggressively Italian name and looking player uh, I don't know if you got to see the screenshot of him but it my goodness is it quite is it something when you are below uh, an emergency uh you know wide receiver having to come in uh, to play QB a year on from the Giants making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I might watch the highlights of that one on YouTube. I'm not going to watch the game on 40 of that one. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I did try to watch all, all the NFL games highlights at some point over the days after the game, the weekend. But yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, that's, that, that's 40 minutes of my life. I'm not getting back. So sorry, Giants fans. I'm going to give that one a skip. I think, well, Sean Payton, uh, Thomas Morstead was the hero for the Jets with his punting ability, uh, obviously known to, to Sean Payton. So maybe Sean will uh, give him a call just to, to say well done. Um, Stuart, we'll be back next week to consider, you know, if anything does happen at the, the trade deadline and, um, you know, look at maybe more in more detail what Broncos um, will get up to as they move into the second half of the season. Uh, thank you for taking the time to join me today. And for anyone out there, uh, if you enjoy this podcast or indeed any podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network, please do uh, rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, let people know either in person or on social media. It really makes a difference in helping people find us. You can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleHeartTC. I'm across social media at Cullum from Cork. And we'll be back next week. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. <laughs>